Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Greetings, everyone. Happy Easter and Happy Resurrection Sunday. Nakwambia. Second Resurrection Sunday under COVID, but we are still here. Christ is still on the throne. Ali, get out of that tomb. Araka sana, early hours of this morning. You better be rejoicing. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Nairobi Chapel Lembakasi. This is the podcast. This is where we put all our messages. Karibuni sana. My name is Fred Alexander Oyola, a pastor here at Nairobi Chapel Lembakasi. I'm glad that you've taken the time to listen to us. May the Lord bless you, even with the season, within the season, in the season. And may he bless you to immense fruitfulness. Uh, let me do some quick announcements uh, for Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. These are some of our announcements. We are still on the Bible reading plan for 2021. We are on the book of First Samuel, believe it or not. Uh, and then Monday, tomorrow, this is the 5th of April, uh, will be our next Bible study, Zoom Hangout. We have one after every um, end of the book. And so at the end of uh, the book of Ruth, which we read last week, we um, have a, a Bible study. And it is online, it is on Zoom. Let us know if you want to join us. It will be at night. Uh, we do it uh, the Monday following. Now it will be now Monday by the time you listen listening to this. It will be on Monday at 8 p.m. So join us, man. Uh, read the Bible. Read the Bible. Even if you've not read the book of Ruth, just join us. It is a place where um, we get to learn. And so uh, whether you've read it, reading it will be amazing. It is a very short book. You'd read it in a very short time. If you've not, Karibu Bado. Um, for those who wanted to dedicate their babies, I know our dedication was cut short by the lockdown. But fear not, we still believe we are going to reopen soon. Once we do, um, we will have our baby dedication. Our next date should be the 9th of May. And so we hope that by then we are, we are reopened. And may the Lord go ahead of us. Karibu Nisana. Last month, our very own DC, we call him the prophet of Nairobi Chapel Embakasi, took us through Money Matters 2.0. It is our prayer that you are blessed and that you are now taking a serious look into your finances and those of your future generation. That's very important. Remember that they are all on our church podcast channel on Anchor FM. That's where our podcast is being hosted. Today we begin a new sermon series and we've simply called it The Family with a tagline, The Next Generation is in Trouble. God put this in my heart many years ago. Many years ago, like as if I'm a hundred. About two years ago, God placed in my heart to talk about family because we are a family-oriented church. We believe in the power and the structure of family. And he put this in my heart, and so I believe it is time we talk about it. But we're going to take a biblical look into what the family is all about. Why God put it together. Why does God use it throughout the Bible for his glory, for his purposes? And is it still important for us today? Let's open our Bibles to the book of Joshua chapter 24. We'll read verse 14 and 15. Joshua 24, we're going to read verse 14 and 15. I'm reading from the NIV. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. 
Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors, which they served beyond the Euphrates, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are now living. But as for me, Joshua says, and my household, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, the resurrected one, we come to you today asking that you prepare our hearts for your very word. King of kings, may our hearts be good ground and may your Holy Spirit quicken us. In Jesus' name we all say, Amen. We all say, Amen. It has been said that the Kenyan dream looks something like this. Having one spouse, having two children, living in a three-bedroom house, having a four-wheel vehicle, having five acres of land, having six groups of friends, having a seven-figure salary, and taking an eight-day holiday overseas, not local, <laughs> having nine side hustles, and belonging to ten WhatsApp groups. <laughs> this is the COVID version. I know there's a different Kenyan dream out there. But this has been called the Kenyan dream. And believe it or not, whether you agree to this or not, most of us are actually in the Kenyan dream. We follow it to the T. We want to get married, then get children, then get a house, then buy land, then hustle, then increase our salaries. Then, you know, it goes on and on and on. And whether you agree to it or not, I insist. We know you are, you, you, you are just in line with the, in, in, the, in the Kenyan dream. As exhausting as this book looks and sounds, most of us pursue this, and those that attain it are praised immensely and are in good standing in the society. Those that don't attain it, well, they are the weaklings of the society and are shunned upon. As amazing as these goals in the dream look amazing, it's quite, it's quite astonishing that with most of us attaining them, our societies, communities, and the world is still in a sad state of brokenness. Our cultures face social breakdown. Our marriages are still under stress. Single parent families and blended families are so many, and we can't even dare look into the crime rates around us. They are depressing. So with all the dreaming we are dreaming, and the attaining we are attaining, we are still a broken society. How is that even possible? Why is that? The problem with the Kenyan dream is it puts us on the rat's wheel of simply trying to attain without any real purpose. One writer called it being on the hedonic treadmill. This is a metaphor for your set point of happiness. The idea here is that no matter how good or bad something makes you feel, you will eventually return to your original emotional state. One study that is often used to describe this phenomenon showed that despite their extreme joy in the moment, Lottery winners, believe it or not, were no happier than anyone else 18 months later. Can you imagine that? People also returned to this baseline feeling after marriage, after buying a new house, and after getting a job promotion, which are all things that you would expect to permanently increase your happiness. Believe it or not, this is the state of our world today. We are trying to increase our happiness on a treadmill that has no end. While in fact, all you need to do is stop and find meaning in the life that we are in. If we don't stop, 
will forever be on the treadmill and will teach our children the same. And just think about the cycle of disorder that will overwhelm our future if it is not already overwhelming it as we speak. One of the most powerful keys to our future successes or future failures lies in finding meaning in the first Kenyan dream, believe it or not. That almost gets lost in meaning in the treadmill. That's marriage. One of the reasons marriage has lost its meaning is simply because it has been put on the hedonic treadmill as a goal for happiness. And so once achieved, imagine, it loses meaning as there's another goal to look forward to. And on, and on, and on. No wonder by the time we achieve the seven-figure salary on the dream, the marriage is probably on the rocks or has died off completely. Your children don't even know you or by then you stopped even seeing them. Marriage is the bedrock of the family unit and the reason our families are out of order is because it stopped being what God designed it to be and has over the years simply become a goal to be attained for happiness's sake. Marriage will never be just a Kenyan dream. It is actually God's institution for any two people from the opposite sex. I insist, opposite sex. It is not John and James, it is Mary and John. It is for the opposite sex who want to have a sensual relationship. That is what God says. That is what we must follow. Let's look at what God says about marriage. When you open the Bible, the first words are simply, In the beginning, God. God makes an entry into his book by informing us so strongly that before anything was, in the beginning of all, he was there. A few chapters down, he gives us an insight into his existence by telling us that he existed in a group and an ass form, U.S. Hey, careful there. <laughs> we know that the ass was and is the triune God, the triune God, three in one. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Hey. God is showing us right in the beginning that he existed in a union and community and relationship of togetherness and as such makes man in his own image to reflect him in the same way with others. The most important one being the man's wife Eve. He notices that man is alone and as such in reflecting him must be in a union and relationship with another. This one being the man's wife. Right there, God institutes the most powerful of institutions, marriage, and goes ahead to perform the first ceremony between Adam and his wife Eve himself as well. He is the pastor. The first pastor in scripture that unites a couple is God himself in the book of Genesis. He gives them demands that one, man should never, man should leave his father and mother. Two, man be cleaved to his wife forever in a binding covenant relationship. And that three, what Jesus reminds us in the book of Matthew, but no one forever separate this union that he has put together. God then goes ahead to give the very first commandment from the Bible. Do you know the first commandment from the Bible? That he gives humanity? That he gives Adam and Eve? Genesis 1.28 tells us the following. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky. And over every living creature that moves on the ground. 
God is commanding the man and the woman that in their coming together in covenant, they must subdue the earth. The only hope we have for the health of our society through the family, I must insist, is when the husband and the wife, through marriage, subdue their community, their surroundings, the earth, the world. They must bring under control everything the earth brings their way. Joshua, just before his death, like we've read in Joshua 24, gave the Israelites two options. He told them to either follow after and serve the gods of their ancestors, follow their history, follow their traditions, and the gods of the new land they had occupied, or follow after and serve the God of heaven in fear and faithfulness. Jesus told us in Luke 10, 19, powerfully, that he's given us authority, power, to trample over snakes and scorpions and overcome the whole power of the enemy. He then again reminded us in his final speech as he went up to heaven in Matthew 28, 18, through the disciples, that all authority in heaven and earth was given to him. So if that is what Jesus says, and Romans 8, 17 informs us that since we all joined heirs with Christ, then we share in his glory. Then all this means that subduing commanded in Genesis was further stamped by the Lord's resurrection, which now gives us, gave us power and authority of all. I dare say that this includes the power and authority over the hedonic treadmill that is killing not only our societies right here in Kenya, but our future generation. We should take a stand against the world's advice of its meaning for life and instead take God's advice for the meaning of life. Once we know God's way, Joshua's question remains ringing in our lives forever. Choose today whom you will serve. That is the question I end our podcast on today. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve your ancestors when it comes to life, when it comes to family? Are you going to serve your past, what you have seen in your family, what your mother, your father, eh, their absence or their presence showed you or taught you? Are you going to serve the current ways of the world, the trends of our times? That marriage is just but a thing on a dream. As the first dream, it loses its meaning as you go. There's better things down the line, like the purchase of a new house. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve the times, the earth? Or are you going to serve the Lord? Are you going to subdue? Or are you going to falter in obeying the things of the world? Choose you today whom you will serve. Amen. Amen.